to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also studying His Scripture. Remember, it's important that we study to show ourselves approved unto God and continue to develop that relationship and foster that relationship through His Spirit. You know, I had lunch with a friend of mine this week, and we were kind of talking how, you know, you're either growing or you're unfortunately you're falling back. And it's important that we continue to grow and continue to push forward into the measure and the stature of who he is. And the best way to do that is to continue your prayer life and to continue studying and listening and teaching from the word of God. Amen. And that's what's so important is just to make sure that we're fostering that relationship and continuing to grow. Amen. As I announced last week, uh, the website is up. It's pathtoredemptionministries.org. Numerous articles out on that website. Also a link to my book, uh, The Grace Abounds. Um, Make sure you go and check it out. I just posted another article today um, on that. And it's talking about what you've been redeemed from and really talking about how we've been redeemed from the law, from sin and from death. Um, Check it out. It's in the building block section underneath the articles. And my goal is to get an article a week out in the various sections so that we can continue to grow, continue to understand what God has for us, and continue to be able to navigate this world. Amen. So last week we kind of talked about the goodness and severity of God, and we kind of talked about how God is in balance. This week we're going to take a basically completely shift gears and still talk about the Father, but we're going to talk about the various names of the Father, and specifically we're going to talk about the eight redemptive names of God, and we're going to kind of kind of show how these particular names of God point to Jesus Christ. Amen. So there you go. There's the big reveal. I'm probably the worst suspense person ever. But yes, all these names of the Father represented in the Old Testament are redemptive names of God, meaning that they point to Jesus Christ. At least that's what I call them. So we're going to kind of take a look at that. We're going to look at half of them today. There's eight of them. There's a reason that there's eight, but there's eight of them. Um, And we're going to take a look at the first four. as we kind of walk through this and see. But until we kind of get started, just another housekeeping items here. All of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. Again, if you need a new King copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com, and I will be more than happy to get one into your hands. And then again, the last thing is just don't take my word for it. Make sure that you are studying to show yourself approved unto God. Again, I cannot stress that enough. It's important that we show ourselves as workmen worthy for our hire and that we continue to dive and gain our relationship with him. I cannot stress that enough. But if you need some help and you need the, some additional understanding, feel free to drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I'm here to help. I really do want to help. I really do want to break things down further. If you have any questions or anything like that, I just feel free to reach out. Amen. And then the last thing, last request I'm going to have for you is that, you know, after you listen to this one, just try and mention the podcast to, you know, to one or two other individuals just throughout your week or throughout your day, right? And really help kind of get the word out so that other people can come and learn and, and really grow into the measure and stature of who Christ is. 
Amen. So with all of that, let's go ahead and we're going to get started again. We're going to talk about the redemptive names of God. Yes, there are numerous names of God out there. There's the I am that I am. There's El Shaddai. There's Elohim. You know, all of those types of names, you know, God the creator, all those types of things that that God has been named historically. But I really want to focus on the redemptive names of God because the redemptive names of God show a different aspect of Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ was going to be when he came. And why is this important? It's important because it ties the Father to the Son, right? If the Father was named these names in the Old Testament before Jesus Christ was even on the scene, then we have to see then that the Father and Christ are one, right? Because Christ embodies all of these redemptive names of God. Amen? So then you can see kind of the Trinity and how it kind of works. So the Father being named these things are actually aspects of Jesus Christ and of his Son, which is which is huge. And you can kind of see how they're tied and fall into a oneness together. Amen. So the first one we're going to kind of look at is Jehovah Jireh. Now Jehovah Jireh shows up in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 13 through 14. Now let me kind of set the stage here for you because it's important that we understand this because Abraham was actually here and he was taking his son up to Mount Moriah to go ahead and sacrifice Isaac according to the word of the Lord. So the Lord actually told him to take his son up there and said, look, I want you to sacrifice sacrifice your one and only son that came from Sarah, who was Isaac. So understanding that there's a whole host of, of mysteries and there's a whole host of messages that can be preached here, but I really want to focus in chapter in verse 13 and 14, where the Bible says, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place, called the name of the place, the Lord will provide or in the the King James Version is Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen. So basically, instead of sacrificing Isaac, even though I, I Abraham did not withhold Isaac, you know, the angel of the Lord comes and stops Abraham's hand and then God provides a ram in the thicket. Now, why is this a redemptive name uh, of God? Because the ram represents Jesus Christ. Isaac was going to be sacrificed on on a plate of wood, uh, which the ram was ultimately sacrificed on on a pile of wood. Jesus Christ hung on a cross. The ram is a male. Jesus Christ was a male. The ram was caught in the thicket, meaning it was caught by the world and by its two horns, right? Jesus Christ was crucified by by the world. Now, what were the two horns? The first one would be obedience unto the Father. The second one would be love for mankind. Those were the two things that drove Jesus Christ to willingly offer himself up into at the cross for our sins and for all that we are. So understanding that God has actually provided everything that we need in Jesus Christ. Amen. So seeing that then, we see that God is our provider and that Jesus Christ provided us redemption and that Jesus Christ being the sum of all things, all things are provided through him and by him from the Father. Amen. So we can see then that God is our provider, that Jesus Christ is what he provided to us. 
Amen. So going on to the next name of God, we're going to talk about Jehovah Nisi, okay, which basically means the Lord is my banner. And this kind of first shows up in Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to read verses 8 through 15. And it says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is My Banner, or Jehovah Nisi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So here we see, right, that the Lord actually took up the fight against Amalek. And there's some, some Bible scholars out there that believe Amalek was a race of giants, and but we don't have time to kind of get into that right, right now. But Understanding this, though, we see that that God actually took up the battle from Moses, from Joshua, right, and, a, and caused them to go ahead and prevail the very same way that he takes up the battles in our own lives. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says this, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. So we see here the teaching of Paul basically saying, look, you know, we've already got the victory. We've already got things here. You know, when people are evil to you, just allow it to happen. It was when Jesus said that if someone strikes you on your cheek to allow them to strike the other cheek, if someone asks you to go one mile, go two miles with them, you know, to love your enemies, to pray for your enemies, all of those types of things, all of those teachings. Why? Because the victory is already ours. I mean, we already have the victory through Christ Jesus. Paul reiterates this in 1 Corinthians 15. 54 through 58 when he says so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and his this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We already have the victory through Christ Jesus, through his work on the cross. So when bad things happen, all you have to do is fall 
fall back into that, understanding that Jehovah Nisi, who is Jesus Christ, who is the Father, the name of the Father, that, that through Jesus Christ, we already have the victory in him. Amen. And that no matter what you're going to go through, you can overcome it through Christ Jesus, who always gives us the victory. Amen. Okay, the next one we're going to go ahead and look at is Jehovah Shalom. Okay, the Lord is my peace. And we're going to look at this in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 22, it says, Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord, and it called, The Lord is my peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abysrites. So here's what's happening, and let me kind of paint a picture here of what's happening with Gideon. Gideon's being called to help deliver Israel from a whole host of things, right? From the altars of Baal, from the Midianites, from all these things, and really kind of drive Israel back to the Lord. Now, if you ask Gideon how he feels about that, this is what he would tell you in verse 15. So he said to him, "Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And then the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. So you see, Gideon, even selling himself short, was worried about the work that he was going to have to do. He was worried and concerned about what God was calling him to do. Yet Gideon found peace from the the angel of the Lord. Gideon found peace and comfort in the words of God. See, that's what we're supposed to do as well. We should find peace and comfort in what God does for us. We should find peace and comfort in the things that God has for us. And we should truly understand the way that God wants to work in our entire lives. Here's the way that Isaiah put it in Isaiah 9, chapter verse 6, where he said, for unto us a child is born, unto us is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Jesus Christ is our peace. We have to understand that, right? You know, he, those that trust in him, God will keep in perfect peace. Amen. Why? Because we trust in him, and we will follow the Lord, and we will follow Christ, and we will follow the things that we have. You see, our worry and our doubts and all of those things really don't matter in the face of Christ and in the face of what the Father has for us. Why? Because when we see the work of God and the work of the cross, then we should be able to trust the Lord explicitly. And if we trust the Lord, we can find peace in who he is. But we have to understand that we don't have peace unless we have Jesus Christ, because he provides that peace that surpasses all understanding. It is Christ who represents that Prince of Peace. It is Christ in our trust in Christ and the work that he has done for us and on the cross that gives us the peace to be able to walk through this world according to the leading of his spirit. Amen. It is the cross and it is the work of his cross that causes us to do that. Now, it was Jesus himself that reiterated this point in John chapter 14, starting at verse 25. He says, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Christ gave us his peace. He gave us what he had for us, and he gave us that, not as the world gives. And that's important here, right? Because if we trust in this world, and even if we have trust in Christ only in this world, we are made of most men most miserable. But I'm telling you right now that not even in this world, not the way that this world gives it, but rather it is the way that Christ gives peace, which is perfect peace, right? It is in perfect peace. Don't forget that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon the Lord because he trusts in the Lord. Amen. We that trust in the Lord can find that peace. We can find that that peace that surpasses all understanding in Jesus Christ because he gave it to us and because he gave it to us, not as the world gives it, but as an everlasting stay for us that we may find his peace. Amen. How amazing is Jesus Christ? Understanding that Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace, is a picture of the Prince of Peace. Amen. Now let's look at the last one here, which is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, my righteousness. And oh man, there's a whole host of ways that we could go here, but let's look at it from the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 verses five through eight. And the Bible says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is the, his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. That is Jehovah Sidkenu. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say as the Lord lives who brought brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. So obviously you got a, got a prophecy of, of what would happen in 1948 and the return of Israel to the land of, uh, to their own land, to the land of Israel. But I want to focus here, the Lord, our righteousness. Amen. Now you can preach a whole message about how Jesus Christ is our righteousness. In fact, I did in season one here. But we have to understand that that Jeremiah is prophesying here and he's talking about how the Lord, meaning the Father, is named the Lord our righteousness. Amen. But he wasn't our righteousness until Jesus Christ came because that is how we obtained righteousness. Let's not forget, again, 1 Corinthians, right? Uh, chapter 1, verse 30. What does the Bible say? It says, it says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Christ has been made unto us righteousness. Amen. Romans, the book of the book of Romans, chapter 10, starting at verse 1, says this, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness, which is of the law. The man who does those things 
thing shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, and for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Christ has been made unto us our righteousness. Amen. And to wrap this up, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and looking at, at starting at verse 16, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of of God in him. Amen. Again, a picture of Jesus Christ who was made unto us as the righteousness that we may take his righteousness and be reconciled back to God, back to the Father, so that we can continue in the the knowledge and in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. That is why these Old Testament names are so important because it ties these aspects of Jesus Christ back to the Father, right? If these were the names of the Father, then we know that, that these are parts of Jesus Christ, then they have to be one, just as he said in John chapter 17. Amen? Don't forget, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, he has provided everything in Jesus Christ. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Amen? He, again, he has given us the victory. He will fight your battles for you. All you have to do is fall back in him and trust him. There's an old, old gospel hymn him that says, you know, if I hold my peace and let God fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. Amen. We have to hold our peace and let God fight our battles and allow victory to be ours through the work of Jesus Christ and his cross. Amen. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. We have a peace that surpasses all understanding because God in Jesus Christ gave us his peace, not as the world looks at it, but as he gives it, amen, an everlasting peace that is there, amen. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace, that Prince of Peace provided to us in Jesus Christ. And then halfway point here, Jehovah Sikinu, the Lord my righteousness. We are not righteous in ourselves. Again, in our own righteousness, in our own selves, we are as filthy rags before the Lord, but rather we have the righteousness of Christ through the work of the cross and through our faith and our belief in him, that we may be saved and may obtain his righteousness through our faith. Amen. Because it is imputed unto us through faith the same way it was unto Abraham. Amen. Look, 
I, I can't stress this enough, right? These names of God, a lot of people talk about this. A lot of people, people, you know, kind of go into this and there's books written about it and everything else, but it's important to tie this back to from the father to Jesus Christ. You cannot, the father cannot have a name that does not represent his son as well. Amen. So you have to understand that particularly these, because these are the redemptive names of God. These are the eight names of God that focus and push on Jesus Christ. Was Jesus Christ there at the creation? Absolutely. Is Jesus Christ the I am the I am? Absolutely he is as well. But you have to understand that these are the ones that were given to us completely through the redemptive work of the cross and through the work that Jesus Christ did. Amen. And being resurrected on the third day. Amen. Look, I hope you got something out of it. I hope you're enjoying this. So next week we're going to talk about, about the Lord is there. The Lord is present. We're going to talk about the Lord is my shepherd. We're going to talk about the Lord, my healer. And then we're going to wrap up with the Lord, my sanctifier next week. Again, as pictures of Jesus Christ and his walk. And then after that, you know, Lord willing and assuming that, that his will, that this is his will and he doesn't change it on me. We'll then wrap up our talk with the father and then we will push on into Jesus Christ, the son. And we're going to look at different aspects of his deity and of who he is and, and some different things. We're going to talk about a little bit about his, his, uh, his earthly work here. We're going to talk a, a lot about the, about the resurrected Christ, about the glorified Christ. We're going to talk a lot about that and, and who he is now as well. So look, I hope you're getting something out of this. I really hope that you're you're enjoying this this season on the Trinity and a lot of the talks that we have been talking about about God the Father because these are the names that people referred to the Father as in the Old Testament but they point to his son Jesus Christ because it was the Father's will as it says in Colossians that he that Jesus Christ may have preeminence in all things amen all right, the song of the week this week, um, we're going to go back to a band called Something Like Silas from their Divine Invitation album. I'll tell you what, if you want to check out this album, it is so good from top to bottom. I listened to it from uh, all the way through for the first time in a while uh, this weekend, and, and I got to tell you, it's just a great album. Um, but we're going to be going from their Divine Invitation album, and the song is actually infinite. Um, and it talks a lot about the Father and how the Father is infinite and and how we trust him because of all the things that he knows and all the things and who he he is. And, and it's just a, a really great song. So again, that is uh, something like Silas from their 2004 album, Divine Invitation. And again, the song is infinite. Look, again, I hope you're enjoying this. I, I hope you're enjoying the podcast overall. Please check out the website as well, pathtoredemptionministries.org. There's a lot of additional information there. Uh, we kind of get into depth in some other things and some social aspects, and then also some other kind of building block type articles that are meant to be references for you and to really help you and continue continue to grow. Again, my plan is to get an article a week into the website and then also uh, obviously a podcast a week in here as well. Also, again, if you could just share the podcast with two other people and, you know, just give them the link, text them the link and just say, hey, I think you might be interested in this. You know, that'd be huge. Great to get the word of mouth out there and to really kind of see what God has for us and to see what God can do as people grow up into the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ. Amen. So look, have a great week. Spend time with the Lord. And until we kind of come come together again, you know, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you. Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.